This episode of Kind of Footing Games Cast is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain, website, or online store, make your next move with Squarespace. You can create beautiful websites with a ton of award-winning templates. It's all there in one platform. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Squarespace offers a unique domain experience that's fully transparent and simple to set up, and they provide award-winning 24-7 customer support. Nick used Squarespace to make the original kindoffunny.com. It was super easy to get it to look great. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com slash gamecast and enter offer code gamecast to get 10% off your first purchase squarespace make your next move and gamecast doesn't have an s it's just gamecast what's up guys this is a little different than things we've normally done but sonic mania is now out. Well, tomorrow it's out. If you're listening to this the day that this video comes out, there's a lot of time stuff going on at the time of us recording this. There's an embargo on the Sonic Mania review, but I have not been more excited for a game than Sonic Mania in a very long time. Sure. So I was like, I want to at least have a initial discussion of this. And when I say initial, I mean, I've almost beat this game. Uh, this morning I died. What, what I imagine is the final boss. So I played a lot of it. You suck. Um, You're terrible. Get good. Yeah, I need to get good. Uh, but I just ran out of time this morning before I came in, but I wanted to give at least my, my review of the game for people because at the end of the day, this is exactly what I said it was going to yeah. be. It is the best Sonic game. Wow. Wow. I, I really, really believe that. And, and again, I haven't beat it yet. I, but it, it is just at the very end. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. I think the most important thing for me to let you guys know is if you are a Sonic fan at all, please avoid spoilers mm. and just go in. There are so many fun moments, so many throwbacks, the balance between new and old levels and even the old levels, none of them are exactly the same. In fact, they're all better than the originals. They're all reimagined and designed with modern gameplay in mind. Okay. It's still the classic Sonic gameplay, but I just feel like there are so few moments playing through this game that I'm like, oh, this is frustrating because of the design. Whereas Sonic, I recently played through Sonic 1, 2, 3, CD, and Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Sure. Uh, just to kind of like see where this one would fall. And I just think that like pound for pound, every level I'm playing, I'm just like, man, there was so much care put into every aspect yeah. of this game that they really were like, all right, we're going to make the greatest hits. And I love, we always talk about, oh, it plays how we remember these games feeling like. This takes that to another level because it looks exactly like it. It sounds exactly like it. And the, the sound is an interesting thing because this game isn't it on on paper. It looks like, uh, oh, what if Sonic had another game come out on the Genesis? But it's like, that's not what this is. This is what Sonic would have been had there been a 2D Sonic on the Sega Saturn. Mm. Uh, and the soundtrack, I think, has a lot to do with that, where it's not the 16-bit Genesis sound font. It is this amazing soundtrack that makes you feel what you remember Sonic sounding like. And I love that because the music of Sonic is like one of the most important things to me as a huge fan of the game. Sure. Uh, the bosses are so creative. The bosses, it's a, a hodgepodge of greatest hits of the original games and some really great new ones. Um, I have very little criticism of, of the core gameplay. I think that towards the end, there are some design choices that I'm like, I feel like they're only doing this as a throwback to the shitty design choices of, of yesteryear, but I as to make fun of it or as like we just have to get this in there. I, for a while, I thought it was to like kind of just parody and be like, remember when we had to do this shit? 
but then it kind of gets overused a little bit mm -hmm. and it does add to the difficulty, but it adds to the frustration in a not fun way. Gotcha. So that was a little disappointing to me, but man, like even the bonus stages and the, um, the, the, the animations between levels to like explain why you're getting going from one area to the next Sonic three kind of introduced that. And this one really just ran home with it where there's just such, so much life in the game. There's so much, uh, care put into everything that it's just like when I'm playing, I'm like, I, I feel respected as a Sonic fan, nice. which is something I haven't felt maybe my entire life. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, as we always talk about a lap Sega fan, I burned Sega fan, right? But somebody who loved the Sonic on Genesis and stuff, since I've been playing this at preview events, judges week, stuff like that, it was the, the fan service shining through even for me. Right. And to your point, I don't want to spoil it, but you know what I'm talking about that mm -hmm. boss battle. I came back from judges week where I was like, Tim, holy fucking shit. They told me, I can't tell you, but I'm going to tell you. Yeah. And I told you what it was. And I was like, holy shit. And then even last night I, I played for just a short minute. I went through a uh, green hill zone where the I'm running from the guy stomping after me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yep. Played through that boss fight. And even that, that boss fight alone is such a great, I mean, it's the, it's the first boss fights in the second level. Yeah. That to me is an example of what this game is. Yeah. It's like, we're going to throw this at you right from the get go. And you're going to be guessing every step of the way what's next. Right. And I love it. And there's so many times where like they'd, I'd be like, what is the next zone going to be new or old? And when I, when I found out, I was either like, man, I love the design of this new area. It's super, super cool and fresh. Or I was like, wow, we're going back here. And it really felt like, honestly, I feel like the best way for me to explain what Sonic Mania means to me and how much I feel like they nailed it. I have never felt the way I do about this game from a video game with one exception. And that is Metal Gear Solid four. Wow. When you go back to Shadow, Shadow Moses. Moses. Yeah. Like there are moments going back to other, to random zones and stuff where I'm like, it felt like revisiting a place I hadn't seen in 20 years. Sure. Even hadn't having just played through those games recently. And I love that. Like that, that shows that there was care put into it. It wasn't just like, Oh, Hey, we're just, we're going back. It's the greatest hits. We're going back to the levels. It's like, no, it's like, it feels like there's a reason that we're going to the areas that we're going to. Sure. Yeah. And, but uh, to my thing of like, well, how it was the boss battle that I was, I saw judges. We going to be the one throwaway piece or is every level packed with fan service like that. I don't want you're you're being good about spoilers. I'll be good too. But when you go through the first giant ring in mm -hmm. act, you know Act One of Green Hill Zone, right, and you pop out in that other place to play that other thing, which I don't know if it's been shown or anything because I haven't been following this game closely. But that was just like this makes me want to go play every level because I want to have these kind of experiences of jumping through and being like I don't know what the fuck's on the other end. Yeah, it's, it's not necessarily going to be what I'm I've been doing. It's going to be something different that I haven't seen it forever. And. I I also love it because Sonic is an interesting uh, franchise where, you know, the people that grew up playing Sonic 1, 2, and 3 on the Genesis love love them and love those games for, for what they are. And then there's the, the fan base that is the adventure people. And then, you know, there's fan bases for the other stuff as well. But by and large, a lot of people can't. It's easy to shit on Sonic. There's the Sonic cycle. Yeah. And the Sonic cycle has been broken. Generations broke it many moons ago. Uh, but when we got Sonic the Hedgehog 4... I was so excited that it was going to be what I wanted and it totally wasn't. And then episode two came out and it was better, but it was not what I wanted. This is Sonic the Hedgehog four. And I, I say that proudly 
not the way I talk about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 or, you know, all these things that I was like, oh man, if they did it again, it'd be awesome. It's yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. but this is awesome because I really do believe it is better than those other games. Wow. Like, I, I believe that it's, it has better music than Sonic 2, which was my favorite uh, soundtrack of the series. It, it has better level design than um, Sonic 3, which definitely had the best level design of the, of the franchise. And it has more levels. I feel like Sonic 1 did a really good job. Um, the pacing was fucking horrible, but it did a good job of having levels that were based purely on speed and momentum and the physics playground yeah. idea. And then there was levels that were a bit more slow paced and uh, platform focused. And I, the, the pacing of how those levels played out in Sonic one was bad. Like marble zone being the, the second one, like slowed things to a fucking crawl. And that's why everyone is so critical of Sonic being like, you're trying to go fast, but why does it slow you down? It's like, no, but there's platforming as well. And I think that this game does the best job where every level has both of those in some way where it's like, when you're moving forward, you feel like you're, you're, you're doing it right. And there's that sense of adrenaline when it's still just a quick time event or whatever, Sonic going through shit and whatever, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you're excited to see what's on the, the other side. And the fact that the boss, there's a boss in every level, like whether it's a mini boss in act one or a real boss in act two. And they're very creative with the bosses. There's so many throwbacks to other uh, Sonic games, but also just other Sega franchises in general. Like uh, I I'm, really don't want to spoil big things and surprises yeah. because they're awesome. But there's certain things that I feel like a lot of people won't know. Uh, for example, the the announcer in this game, like when you do the the time trial mode or the um, com competitive mode, is the announcer from Daytona 500. <laughs> and it's like, it's just things like that that are so awesome. Where the moment I heard it, I'm like, wow, they did it. You know, like they really went out of their way to make sure that everyone involved in this game is the right person for the thing. That's and, awesome. And, uh, even seeing the competitive mode where it's it's squished and it looks just like it used to. It's like... They really cared, and there's a lot of unlockable stuff that I still don't have yet, so I don't even know all the, all the things that are in the game. But I am so through. I played it through on PlayStation Four. Can't wait for my Switch one because that's where I really want to go in and like get 100 percent of everything. There's no platinum on Switch. Though. I don't care you though. Idiots. I get to play it wherever I want. Um, but man, I'm I'm so happy that it. A game I'm excited for on this level finally delivered in this way. A retro game. Pretty good year for you, Tim. It is, man. It is. Swinging to the fences, and it just, it's just been working so far. Yeah. What so you do? I'm hoping it, it keeps up Mario Odyssey. I mean, that's the one that everyone expects to be good. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, I, I really hope this game sells well. I, I hope that... I think it will. I think reviews are going to be too. like this, where I think it's like, oh, this is what I, you know people love about Sonic, not what they didn't like about Sonic. But what I'm, I'm really interested to see other people's reviews, because... The Sonic franchise is something that I care a lot about. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the websites are just going to have a fairly generic review that is, you know, they're going to give it a good, it's the best Sonic ever. And it's like, all right, cool. Do you really think that though? Or are you just saying that? Because that's what you're supposed to say sure. and whatever. And I'm, so you're calling to be I'm clear. throwing some shade uh, To read between lines, you're calling all major video game websites hacks. I think in this scenario, yes. <laughs> um, but I, I'm very excited to hear the actual real hardcore Sonic fans opinions about it because i'm sure that not everyone's going to agree with me that it's the the best one ever but i think that it is by a mile i wow. think that it, this is the most fun the most fair and uh i played through it all in, in one sitting and it was a very long sitting uh but i enjoyed the entire time how long was your sitting Ooh, it's hard to hard to tell but i want to say 
four hours, okay. probably. Okay. And again, I'm not done yet. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, you got unlockables and stuff to go back for. Uh, yeah, yeah and, and all of that. But And there's time trials, and, and I definitely don't have all the Chaos Emeralds and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy. Great. Yeah. Check it out. Now back to your regular Gamescast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 131 of the Kind of Funny Gamescast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Hola. And joining us for the first time, Robin Honeykey. That's right. Yay, Robin! For, for those out there that are unfamiliar, yes. why are you as cool as you are? Because you're very, very cool, and they need to know. Why am I as cool as I am? Well, first of all, I'm a programmer by training. Hell yeah. Uh, so I have a degree in computer science, although I dropped out of my PhD because I'm that cool to go work on video games. Sure. I worked on The Sims. That's what I dropped out of school no to do. Deal. Then I made a game called Boom Blocks, Fuck, which was yes, one of did. the best games on the Nintendo Steven Wii. Steven Spielberg. Yes. yes. Produced. What, what, what? <laughs> I loved that game. It was such a fun game to work on. And then um, I'd been at EA for about four years at that time, and I decided to fucking quit my job and blow up my life and uh, go work on so just take journey. A journey. journey. <laughs> That's go right. Work take on a little journey. journey with that game a company. three year journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I was the executive producer of Journey, which means that I built the team and helped get everybody together and get the game out the door. And then after that was all done, I really missed being in San Francisco. So I moved back here and started my own studio. A new journey. That's right. A new journey. What is the studio called? My studio is called Phenomena. Do, 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 do. But I don't know. I like that. <laughs> you, right. have, have you looked at it? Like I know you. So yeah, it, it's I'm kind not. of it's kind of an intelligence test. A lot of people read it as phenomena, and it's fun with anomena on it. It's the word phenomena with an f u n yeah. at the front, uh, right? And so, yeah. so it's a little bit like you got to kind of think about it. Yeah, you know. So yeah. even though Robin's worked on two fantastic games that are right in Greg Miller's wheelhouse, mm -hmm. yes, Journey and, and Boom Blocks, which yeah. were fan fucking tastic games. I never met you somehow, or at least not. Well, yeah, no, I think that's true. In yeah. a, no, maybe in a passing something there, but never talked to you. Yeah. So when we went to judges, or when I went to judges week this week, I finally got to meet you when you showed your new game. Yeah, Luna. Luna, which is the, the VR one. If you watch the top ten things or top five things I'd seen so far at E3 yeah. before mm. E3 started, that was one of them. The VR game where you're in San Francisco, but it's not San Francisco, and there's nature and stuff, and it's yeah. really relaxing and cool. And talking to you, like that was the thing. I was like, Brandon Jones was the moron who put on the VR headset <laughs> and was playing the game, and me and her just talked and talking. I'm like, it you gotta did. come on the show. You're amazing. Yeah, what? It was so, fun. so then we finally made it happen to have her come on the show. Yeah. Well, because I remember back when Journey was happening. Yeah. That, was it? Did you come on up at noon, or were you just there at IGN with Greg? Actually, I was. You, wore, you had the scarf. I, I remember. I did. This. I did do the interview for IGN for the uh, potential game of the year. Not, not knowing, not knowing that we were going to win. Mm. So I was kind of like, you know, this is that was actually really early on in the process when we had released the game, but none of the award shows had happened, and everyone kept nominating us for stuff, and it was like, well, we get noms because we're an art game and people yeah. give you noms but you're not going to win you're not going to like win you don't get, don't the get, you don't, you don't, you don't get a chicken dinner no yeah. you, don't get to go, you don't get to go home with a trophy and then we ended up fucking winning everything it was crazy it yeah. was just you won, you won a little at bit. dice as well we won we won so many awards at dice it was actually embarrassing like you get up and you go and then you get up on stage and then they go quick go back downstairs go back down and sit so they can film you standing up again sure. and after the third time that happens you're just like well this is can we have spaced these out a little bit like, <laughs> we tried yeah. you're winning every category it was, it was really awful like you know just i mean it was great but it was also a little bit intimidating to win sure. these huge awards like you know best online experience against a game that costs like 10 a hundred times what journey cost to make. So yeah. it was really kind of one of those moments that never happens in the life of a developer. And we were all just kind of like, 
All right. Well, now what? So here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. This game's cast is all types of messed up. It's, <laughs> it's not going to be the standard format because there's some embargo stuff and things are all moved around and whatnot. I'm just going to lay it down right now. We're actually going to start with the topic of the show because I feel like this yes. makes sense, which is Robin and Tom and her experiences and all that. Then later, just so you know, uh, Sonic Mania's review embargo uh, mm. is happening on Monday, which is... If you're watching live, I, we couldn't talk about it. If you get it early on Patreon, I couldn't talk about it. So on the Monday episode of Gamescast that other people are watching right now, in the beginning of it will be the Sonic Mania review. Gotcha. And then, then after we're going to do the top of the show, and then we'll get into the show as normal. So thank you for, for appreciating us. What about my wife, though? Uh, we'll, we'll get to that when that when that comes. Well, you're already laying out Jen, the show's Jen different. Jen also makes an appearance. She reviews Hellblade yeah. later in the show. For every, everyone will get to see that. So, Fantastic. So thank you for that. This is a good time. But let's get back to it, Robin. Yeah. So Journey. Yeah. Honestly, one of my favorite games of all time. Aww. Very special game. Yeah. What does it mean to you now, looking back on it? You know, it's funny. This morning I was uh, sipping some water out of my favorite mug, which is a fan-made uh, ceramic mug with a journey ca you know, character on it and two gravestones and a scarf flying in the wind. And I was thinking about like just how when I, when I started working on the game, we had a lot of different ideas about what we thought it might be. We thought it might be a multiplayer game, like a massively multiplayer game. It might be a bunch of people taking a pilgrimage to a far off place. And then the more refined the game got and the simpler it got, I think right around this time, it was about five years ago that we shipped the game, um, right around this time in development, like the same time that I'm on Luna, like we're about two months away from finishing, about two months out on Journey, I remember thinking like, this game is too simple. Oh, it's no. too basic. We're gonna get just shredded by like the press and the, the fans. Everyone's gonna say it's just, it's too basic, it's too simple. But we had had such ambitious ideas and it had gotten down to such a sort of a very classic and streamlined form that it felt to me almost like it was too easy. Like it just, every little piece fit together. And I felt like, well, it's so simple, I just don't know. And then when it went out, everybody was like, it's perfect. And so I think that it, I'm thinking right now a lot about Luna and getting it done and this feeling of like simple is good. You know, you don't have to put every single thing that you thought of <laughs> into the game. Um, and it's probably better if you don't. And to just really focus down. The ideas come so fast now on the team and the way that the game is coming together is so like, and I, I really love this moment in a process. So on Journey, that feeling of like it's all coming together, love the moment. Not such a fan of the anxiety that it's not going to yeah. work out. And I think that that's like, I'm remembering that feeling going, okay, this is normal. This is okay. Everything is unfolding exactly as I expected to. Totally okay with this feeling, which is kind of like both excited and totally fucking terrified. Sure, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Did you work on Flower at all or did you come? No, I was a fan of Flower. So I was finishing up Boomblock's bash party uh, when we were make, when they were making Flower. Um, and actually that was when uh, Genova and Kelly had started to kind of approach me and ask me if I would, you know, be interested in joining the team. What does it mean to be an executive producer oh, man. in this case? Because oh, that, that term gets thrown around and it can mean a lot of things. In, yeah. in movies, we see uh, Nolan, executive producer on the DC movies, but that just essentially means that he gets paid. I'm co-producer on Heel Kick and I've done jack shit for it. <laughs> exactly. So it could mean a lot or it could mean nothing. What did it mean for Journey? So on Journey, when I got onto the team, um, we were just doing our first playtest of a 2D build, um, with which had four players uh, playing at the same time. So I helped organize that playtest and start evaluating, okay, what is the feature set for the game? We'd already signed up with Sony for a budget and a timeline, which, surprise, actually weren't very accurate. 
So I was like, well, I, I guess we'll work with this until we have to change it. So I already, I didn't have to worry about scheduling it at first. But what I was really doing was evaluating, okay, what's the scope of the game? And then over time, there were seven of us, I think, when we started. I would supervise hiring, so bring people on to fill different positions, sometimes, sometimes firing, um, organizing the schedule every day, but most importantly, kind of keeping track of the high-level vision for the project, and then uh, collaborating with our partners at Sony when they would come and say to me, why can't you see the other player's name? I go, well, see, here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really, it's yeah. going to be really Makes like sense. nice and like you're not going to know who they are. And then at the end of the game, when you see it was a person, you're going to be mind blown because you're going to have thought that we were the best AI programmers ever. <laughs> <laughs> or the worst. Or the worst. <laughs> right. Stop right. chirping. <laughs> help me. <laughs> so, yeah. So I did a lot of stuff like... Um, coming up with ways to test the game, for example, to fight griefing. So we got worried that um, people were going to grief each other in the game. So I would write a little piece of paper like uh, griefer, lover, or loner, and i put a bunch in a bag. And then i go around to the Ooh. team, you take one out, and then we'd all play together, and you had to play your role. So if you got the griefer role, you had to try to grief other people. If you got the loner role, you had to try and play by yourself and like kind of stay away from other people. And if you're a lover, you were looking for, you know, looking for group, yeah, you know, yeah. just trying to hang out and be supportive of each other. And then whenever we would find a real bad exploit, we would cut it out. We would figure out a way to design around it. And so that's why it is actually pretty hard to grief people in Journey. For the record, I love it when the wall actually syncs up with the word. Oh, <laughs> it's just on random, but then Journey pops. And like, hey, all right. There we go. It looks so cool. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of questions about Journey and all oh, that sure. stuff, but I want to talk about Boom Blocks. Oh, my God. Boom Blocks. I love the game, too. Yeah. So, Boom, I didn't know you were a fan of Boom Dude, Blocks. Dude, this is, I know it predates you at IGN, but Boom Blocks became the premier, hey, Damon and Greg are drinking, <laughs> let's have a party game. And you just go it's to, such a fun yeah. game. Oh, my God. I, Boom Blocks, I think, was really important because it was one of the, well, the first third-party uh, Wii games yeah. that was, like, critically well-received. Yeah, that right? shit won a BAFTA. Yeah, I mean, and it was awesome, though, and I feel like there was a lot going into it. It was kind of like, what is this game? It's just kind of like... Steven Spielberg. It's, it's Jenga meets Angry Birds, but I don't even think Angry Birds was out at Angry that Birds time. was not out, and let me tell you, we did consider making a mobile version, and that's one of my biggest regrets, is that we didn't actually end up pushing that through. But, huh. you know, not everybody can win all the time. But <laughs> the, for those of you that See. don't know, Boombox is a game where, I mean, it, essentially it's Angry Birds, but in 3D, and yeah. you use the, the Wii remote to, to throw Bam. things, and it felt so satisfying. I felt like it was such a natural iteration from the people that got hooked with Wii Sports oh, in totes. the early days of the, the Wii, and this was like, no, but here's a game, though. Right, like, that was the thing. There's a challenge, there's a score, you feel like you're actually in control of what's happening and it was so much fun. Yeah. It's actually a really interesting game because it's totally real physics. Like it's simulating the whole time. We used Havoc, shout out to Havoc. Um, and there were definitely exploits in the game. You could find places where if you hit it just the right way, you could take the whole puzzle out in one hit. And uh, Steve, uh, the designer on the game was super, super good at designing these puzzles that were accessible for just like kids and fam. But if you were one of these people that was like, I know there's a way to do this, you could figure out the one shots. And then we were able to give you really hardcore gold shot scores for a lot of the puzzles in the game. So, yeah, and we didn't just do one, we did two. So we we built the engine and we made the editor. The initial editor for Boomblocks was actually a text-based editor. You huh? would actually compose the puzzles in a text-based editor. Yeah, using little ASCII. It was just crazy. Um, but eventually we built Video a 3D games. editor, yeah. The other side. <laughs> and then the second game, we shipped the editor so that you could basically make your own puzzles and put them up online. And we ran a server for about two years. 
Yeah. I mean, so this text thing brings me back to Journey now, yeah. jumping all over the place. It's fine. You Earlier you said there was a 2D version of it. Like, what did yeah, that Yeah, top down. Like? It was called the Dragon Prototype. And it was basically um, a series of rooms. It was kind of like a dungeon crawler. It was top down, and everybody was essentially a tank. So it was like a circle with a little arrow or dot pointing forward. There were four colors, red, green, blue, and yellow. And what you did was you walked around in the space. And when you started off, the camera was pretty close, and there was a pretty heavy mask around you. And as you wandered around, the only thing you could do is hit the space bar and when you hit the space bar it would go hey just like that and then there was like a wind sound so it was very quiet yeah and you walked around in this environment and then there were little pieces of cloth which were little dots you could go up and get them and that would make your scarf longer and that would make you slide farther so you could kind of move around in the space a little bit faster but when you met somebody then we would pull the camera out You'd see a little bit more of the environment. And then there were some challenges that you could do that only two or three or four people mm. could solve. And so we really built a lot of kind of group puzzles and played with the dynamics of like, what does it feel like when two people are playing with a third or two and two and one and three? And we realized that the dynamics of that kind of a space is really complicated. And in a lot of cases, it becomes very competitive and not very supportive. And so we ended up axing the last two players and just focusing on two people because it's much easier to build a relationship with one other person over a series of games um, or a series of experiences as opposed to multiple, which is, I mean, no comment on the San Francisco poly community, but, you know, having more than one partner can be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, to jump from what the prototype was, the finished product, that's always, I remember that being so many people having that wool pulled off their eyes at the end yeah. of like, I've gone through this entire game with this one person and one, and you'd get there and you played with like five, five people. people. You're like, what the hell? How? Yeah. How yeah. And happen? then the next time you go through, you realize that they have different symbols. You start to see the people as people and as different experiences, as opposed to when you first go in the game, I think a lot of people see the other journeyer as like a means to an end. And it, mm. this is like very deliberate, right? We really wanted people to think about, well, like, how do we see each other in online games? Like, the whole point that Genova was making with the design, I think, is that online games can be about more than just, like, using another person to get the goods and the things that you want. And our relationships in life can be more than that, too. And that's why I think a lot of people were moved by it, because even though we weren't, like, beating you over the head <laughs> with that point, it comes through in all the mechanics. How much thought was there put into people that are going to play it just by themselves and not even connect to the internet at all. Quite a bit, actually. When our, at that first prototype play test, Tracy Fullerton, who has always been a good friend and advisor, um, she was the person that wanted to go slow and like look at everything and just like, ooh, cool, what's this do? And so while she was playing, people kept coming over and being like, hey, 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 you know, and she was just like, fucking leave me alone, you know? So at the end, when we did our debrief, she said, you know, I'm a, I'm a story poker hunter type person. I like to know what's going on in the world and I don't want to feel like I'm holding back someone else. And we thought about that a lot as we developed the title. And so the whole idea was, well, think about it like this. It's like, it's a ruin. Like, it's like if you go to, you know, Greece and you see, you know, the Acropolis or something. Think of Journey as like a place like that. Um, the first time it gets found and discovered and unveiled to the public, there'll be a lot of people there, right? People will go and, and they'll be talking and there'll be a lot of buzz. But like, let's say five, 10 years 
after that place has been discovered, it'd be very common for you to be wandering alone through the landscapes, you know, just kind of maybe sit down and do some sketching. And then if someone came over, it'd be really special. So we thought about the single player experience specifically because we knew that over time, less and less people would play it. And we wanted to still feel epic Mm. for the lonely visitor, the person that visited Journey, you know, say five or 10 years after we'd shipped. But, you know, to be honest, um, we had someone in the office the other day uh, from Microsoft, and he was like, you know, I've never played Journey. I said, well, that's okay. It's on the computer. You can just go over to the PlayStation and load We're it done up. talking. You go. <laughs> yeah, he's a sweet guy. But he played it, and I swear to God, he got halfway through the Bridges level, and a white, uh, white, you know, gowned yeah. Journeyer came in, a traveler came in, and started showing him all the secrets. And so people are still online playing it, which is really heartwarming, um, and also kind of insane. <laughs> like, it's a five-year-old game. You know, how many of those still gets played, you know, that aren't, you know, a, a constant drops, you know, expansion pack kind of experience. Sure. I mean, Journey is a two-hour experience, you know? My question then stems from that, but bridges into going on and doing Funimation. Phenomena. Phenomena. See, I almost was there. It's, it throws me when I overthink it. There you go. Phenomena. Phenomena. Because the, the, the reason I knew the song immediately is because when I was doing the video, I went to look up how to say it. I was like, this is going to be the hardest thing to figure out. And on their website, they're like, click this if you can't, if yeah. you don't know how to say it. It's the yeah. phenomena. That's it's, awesome. It's the phenomena. Very smart. It's I was like, phenomena. damn, you guys are on it. When I when we first launched Kind of Funny yeah. in that first GDC where we were down at the Patreon office doing things, Genova came in and we talked to him. Yeah, he's so awesome. And I've known him for years. And it was that thing of just like, so yeah, that next game's taking a while. And he's like, you have no idea how difficult this is, the oh. stress we're under. And like, we know we have to follow yeah. this up with something that is part of this lineage. Yeah. For you going off, starting your own studio, starting this yeah. own thing. Do you, were you crippled by that as well? Of like, well, how, the, <laughs> how do I fucking follow up journey? <laughs> Actually, so um, it's kind of, it's related to your question about DICE. So uh, when DICE awards were getting announced and nominations were getting announced, I'm on a mailing list with a bunch of people that are in the industry and they were like, oh, Robin, are you going to be going to DICE? And I had never been because I didn't run a business at that time and sure. I just started running the business. So I thought, okay, well, no, I don't really go to that thing. It's a, it's a biz dev conference they're like well you're a ceo now i was like oh yeah i guess i am <laughs> doesn't seem that way but i guess i'll put on a tie so martin and i drove from los angeles to dice because we were like well we can get like a cheap flight and then drive and then we'll go on vacation we'll go to the grand canyon right like yeah. and then it won't be a waste because yeah. we were really under the impression that we weren't going to win so we went we met Genova and kelly there and we won all the awards that we were nominated for except one, I think. And then we were just like, holy shit. So we got in the car and we started driving to the Grand Canyon and there was a huge storm coming. And it was a snowstorm. So we we barely beat the snowstorm. We got in, went, bedded down for the night. It was like, whew, you know, snow. Got up in the morning and we were sitting eating pancakes, looking out the Grand Canyon, except there was no Grand Canyon. It was just this empty white field as far as you could see and we were sitting there and then the clouds started to break and the sun came out and you could see the snow settling into the canyon it was super beautiful and martin turned to me and he was like okay now we have to start over <laughs> like that's it like the next thing that we do has to be whatever we want and we cannot hold ourselves responsible mm, for mm. having done that because that was fucked up you know that was yeah. like <laughs> that was not what what i expected and i was like yeah man like if it goes like this for the rest of the season I mean, we're just going to, we're going to take everything and then like, it'll just become one of those things that everybody knows about. Sure. And like, that's not something that you ever expect. So, okay, we're just going to right now, we're cutting the tape and we're starting a new tape. And the new tape is like, 
we'll probably totally fucking fail. And that was really the only way I think to process it for us was to just go, okay, this is amazing and terrifying at the same time. And the next game that we ship will be amazing and terrifying at the same time, but they're not the same thing and they're not connected. And I think being a new studio, starting fresh, moving back to San Francisco where all my friends were, like I had really been missing living in the Bay Area. Um, LA is awesome, but I lived in Santa Monica and everyone in Santa Monica is super tall and super fit and like incredibly young. And I was starting to feel like I'm an old lady. I'm just like really <laughs> just shriveling up. You know, I was ready to be back in a town full of nerds and people that were sure. just like, let's do it. So I think starting over. It's six degrees out. Yeah. yeah it's almost <laughs> sunny. <laughs> like that was a good, that was a good deal for us. Um, and you know, really in life, I think, it's, it's sort of messed up, but Luna in some ways is about the fact that in life, not everything goes well. And um, it's personally inspired from, you know, by, you know, some events in my personal life, but now everyone on the team, we all go through experiences in life where we think, you know, that was wondering too many, or mm -hmm. I really shouldn't have sent that text message. Sometimes those things are connected. Um, or, you know, that person, uh, you know, they're married and I shouldn't have a crush on them or all kinds of stuff that we do. Sure. And we do things that we know are not good for us and yet we still do them. And you can't just go back in time and erase them. You can't just get rid of them. You've got to actually incorporate them into your life and turn them into who you are. And so in a way, that's just as true for the bad things or the difficult things or the unexpected things as it is for the good things. You know, Journey was a woo just like an amazing event. But now it has to become part of a story moving forward. It can't be the only story sure. that we tell about yeah, yeah, ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, then you're just crippled by your success and you'll feel like trapped, right. you know? Yeah, nothing's ever good enough, right? Well, yeah, and I mean, that happens to a lot of people, right? Sophomore slump, Yeah, you know, just like, ooh, you know? I think it's easier for Martin because he worked on all three games. So he did Flow, Flower, and Journey. So Luna is his fourth title sure. and it's my sixth title. So, I mean, you know, when I made My Sims, the very first game I ever designed and made at EA was the very first Wii title we ever released at EA. Um, not a lot of gamers knew about it. It didn't come out as great as I wanted, but I got to see it on the shelf at GameStop. And I was just like, <laughs> look, I have a, like my little characters on the cover of this <laughs> disc, you know? And for me, that was, it was just about that. You know, sure. it was a little bump, right? So not every game that you release is amazing, you know, record-breaking, award-winning, you know, heart-inspiring game, but that's okay. Yeah. It's the, it's the journey. Yeah, yeah. Not, not like the that. end. Not the right? Luna. So, so Luna, yeah. what is the game? Okay, so in Luna, you are uh, start you start playing. It's PC and VR enabled, so it's a PC title that supports VR play. And so I think that a lot of people think it's just a VR title, but it's actually a PC title. Um, when you get into the game, uh, you see a little scene where this little bird swallows the moon and then is blown off course. That's right. That would happen. Yeah. yeah, this owl convinces the bird to swallow the moon and it's blown off course. And when the bird wakes up, it's in a frozen landscape. And what you do is you untangle its memories, which are little stars in the sky, kind of like untangling a necklace that's knotted up or like a ball of string. You're slowly untangling those puzzles and they reveal shapes. When the shapes are all revealed to you, you get to take them and use a little palette. You can place them into a world and build that world back up. And then after you've built the world back up, we take you down inside the world where you meet another character who's also been convinced by the owl to swallow the moon. Mm. And you help it free its peace. So the way that you help the bird find its way home is also the way that you heal all the other animals in the forest, which is helping them sing their pieces out and up to the moon, which is really a metaphor for letting go of the troubles that you feel. Sort of what the metaphor we use is the scribble in your belly. <laughs> <laughs> when you have that uh, feeling. 
I know it sounds so artsy, and it, it is. It is really artsy. It is really let's artsy. Be honest. <laughs> but no, I, but I want you know how it's our if somebody's honest. listening right now who's you know just likes console games or whatever. Yeah. Like I understand what it sounds like when Brandon was playing it and even just watching it, it was so relaxing of just mm-hmm. like it's it can t- I can totally envision coming home, sliding it on yeah. or playing it on just the PC and just breathing because that's what it is because yeah. the way your voice sounds is how the game plays <laughs> it's like super chill and soothing and everything is. is great and it it's going to be you are going and it's like yeah and it yeah. reminded me so much if even if i didn't know your lineage at that point right it would have been like i get vibes of journey from this tear away from this yep. i'm hmm. not just tearing something down i'm creating i'm fixing i'm well and i'm a sims type person i love systems and i love i love thinking about the way that systems interact with one another but we really wanted to build something in this first effort to kind of make something that was vr enabling and also like bringing people into the vr experience really wanted to do something that was a little bit more chill because a lot of what we're seeing in that space with VR and mixed reality as well and AR is intense. It's like a lot of intensity. And so actually at Judges Week, a lot of people were like, oh, a VR title? I was like, well, it's a PC title. It'll be up on Steam. But it's also, you know, if you've got the headset and like, or if you buy one of the ones that's coming out at Christmas, it'll be in the headset. And there was reluctance. People were like, oh, you know, I don't know. And then they'd put the headset on and be like, this is so nice. It's really beautiful. At that point, I think we'd already done so many Oculus demos exactly. where it was we're running around, you're shooting, reload, blah. Ah. You know, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and the thing is, is everybody loves those games. It's 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 not like it's not fun to do those things. But when you put something on your face and you do it and it's all around you, it's a different experience. Yeah. And I think especially for, you know, for uh, spouses, partners, older friends, younger friends, people that really want to try and see what the magic of VR or you know mixed reality is like, uh, it's just it's a little much to ask them to also know all the buttons sure. and like eh, you know everything's yeah. happening all at once. It gives them the feeling of shit. So yeah, it's a chill creation or like gardening game where you get to see a beautiful little fairy tale story. So a lot of devs we've talked to talk about the challenges of creating a game that works in VR and outside of VR. Yeah. Like, how do you kind of balance that? So we actually started building the game for the PC. Um, Phenomena is kind of like a research company. So what we end up doing is we partner with folks who are building new technologies. They come to us and say, we have this new thing and it does this and we want people to enjoy it. So we go, okay, let's take it and play with it. And then we come up with a concept. And then usually we build that out for them. And Luna started off as um, a collaboration with Intel for the RealSense camera, which is like you put the camera in front of the computer and then maybe you could use your hands to control a PC title. And I thought that was just a cool idea. So I was always kind of halfway in the computer and halfway out. I always wanted to be able to use the hands to do stuff in the game and feel like it was tactile. Um, But as we worked with that technology and kept pushing it forward, then we realized, oh, wait, hand-tracked VR controllers are coming out. What? And so we got a really early version of the Oculus controllers. And as soon as we had it in touch, the artists just, they went nuts. They were like, this is what it looks like in Maya. Like, this is what it looks like in my head, right? You know? And so for me, it's like the PC title, it's so easy because you get the camera and you can just put the camera. I'm like, ooh, I want you to pay attention to the owl, you know? And we move the camera there and then, what? It's the bird over here, right? And that's really easy. Well, in VR, you can't do that. In VR, the camera is on the head of the player because if you do anything, right, they'll get sick. So it's been about learning how to block out the scene so that when I have a camera, I can do it. But if the player is the camera, they don't have to move too much 
but they definitely set the tone with where they look, right? And I think a lot of it is about reimagining the camera and also the player's body position in the scene as a director, almost like you're designing for theater, for like a dramatic stage play, as opposed to, and for the actors in a stage play. So it's a little bit more like blocking a stage play than it is like just thinking of a film, you know, a flat film where you set up the things and then you compose the shot. So, you know, if you're going to really, really try and do it, the other thing you have to think about is, right, you've got your hands in the space. And so you can do all this stuff. Well, if you're, you know, holding a controller, it's a very different experience. So designing mechanics like placing something to have anchors and use audio feedback to show you where the cursor needs to go, things like that, so that you don't get into this weird never-never land of like, oh, it's great on the hands, but it sucks on the other controls. Hmm. Yeah, so it's a lot of actually like sitting down, drawing out maps, having a lot of conversations with the developers about like, well, should we try this or this? And just a a lot of iterating. I think making new games is always that way though, right? I mean, you just got to crank through it. You just have to keep coming up with stupid ideas until one of them sure, but like now isn't you, stupid. You're writing the book on it, right? I think that's, 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 that's the craziest thing about yeah. VR right now, I feel like, is everybody has to learn these lessons and there isn't, well, I have 20 years to fall back on and what other it's people have true. done with it. Which is painful, honestly, as a designer, because you go, well, what if we, oh. <laughs> nah, not going to work. What about, uh And so you have those meetings where everyone's just kind of like, uh and everyone looks over when you hear someone like, maybe, no, okay. And then I guess we still have to keep talking about this, you know. <laughs> and they're all doodling talking. on our stickies, you know, like <laughs> making random random end. stress drawings, you know, or playing with Legos. But yeah, I think that, you know, making a new game is is always hard. You know, it's never easy, but that's okay. It's what it's what it's what weird indie nerds were born to do, I guess, is what I would say. So what's the deal with Luna? When can people get their hands on it? Well, so that's the thing. We can't announce the announce date yet because it's embargoed, unfortunately. No. So embargo. But embargoes I, on this episode. I can yeah. say, I can say that it's coming out this fall for sure, and that we'll be making announcements probably at Gamescom and PAX. So. Oh, nice, okay. cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stay tuned for that. Fantastic. That's all very exciting. Uh, and, ladies and gentlemen, Ooh. before we move on, yeah. I brought you guys some stuff. Oh, what? I what did. did you bring us? So in my many bags Bring me an owl. Things, I've always I wanted an owl. I have a giant bag. Um, oh, we left the owl in the bag too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I have a little owl. I brought you a fat stack of t-shirts. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, we have girl size t-shirts. Damn because right. Because we're awesome. Which show all the animals. Ooh. And I also brought a whole bunch of buttons. We've got world buttons. And Luna buttons. Cool Greg's gonna love this. Yeah. Cool, and there's cool like there's a million, button, yeah. bazillion, jillion of them. So. Nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you for coming by. And thanks for being yeah. fascinating. Oh, man. And thanks you know, for talking the thing about everything. This is, you know, making video games is the best, but talking about making video games. <laughs> you should know. try yeah, just talking and, and that's all you do. <laughs> it's it's pretty great too. <laughs> really? You have no redeemable talents and it's awesome. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast. Each and every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things we love about them. You can get it early by going to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can watch it live along with us or you can get it early then on Friday. It comes out as for the public on Monday. I'm all thrown you off. You walked um, really. So, this is You stumbled into yeah, this one. I did, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But you, you, you guys know. Patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can watch it early. How early? This early. You're watching it right now right as now, we record yeah. it. If not, Friday. Audio yeah. and video. Patreon.com slash kindoffunny. And if not that, YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames and podcast services around the globe. Absolutely. Mondays. Now it's time for This Week in Gaming History. <gasps> 
No, it's not. <laughs> I was going to say, don't you want to... I'm all this stuff, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> now we're talking about what have we been playing. Here, Greg, what have you been playing? Out here, what I want to toss out, number one, is I was going to tell you off the air, but if you're all messed up, I'll just tell you right now. Yeah. My God, Robin, I've worked with him a long time. Yeah. You are so fucking good at interviews now. No. I didn't have to do anything that entire time. Every time I was about to ask what I was thinking, you did it. And I was like, well, all right, uh, I'm just long for the ride. I just copy Greg a lot, if I'm being completely honest. He's you're the great. Best. You're great. Oh, thank you. That does mean a lot to me. Uh, what that. I've been playing is a lot of embargo stuff tim a lot of embargoed stuff so i'm up that oh, same thing where i was just like well can't talk about any of that stuff so uh i played all the way through uh, twice now batman uh the enemy within wow you're no evil Within. no evil within is a different game the enemy within episode <laughs> one there i did it as bad batman then i went with uh, troy and anthony the video is up on youtube.com such so kind of funny games and then i went home played it with jen love my life yes my wife I love her so much. Shout out. Uh, and I wanted to be good Batman there because I had my Batman save. Still ended up in hot water with Commissioner Gordon at the no end of the way. episode. And now I'm legitimately like, do I play it a third time to correct Just, this I, one I would. thing? I'm obsessive that way. I See, I, I would, but then I kind of like the idea of I rolled the dice and that's what it is. And now I've, I, as Batman Bruce Wayne, have to live with it. Do you know that there is a, a different ending to that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, it does the telltale thing at the end of like you and X number oh, of people or a percentage of people, you yeah. know, ended on this relationship with Jim Gordon. And I made the choice. I'm not going to spoil anything. No spoilers here. I made a choice that I was like, he's going to be mad, but if I get results as a good guy, it'll be okay. Uh, and he was still just mad yeah, about it. No. I was just like, well, God damn it, Jim. We've been through so much. <laughs> How can you be mad Kamish. about this? Come on, Kamish. We lived through the Catwoman, Harvey Denzel. Great episode. What mm-hmm. a great episode. That's cool. What a great series that is. I'm so excited to see what they do with this. I feel like there's... Uh, Feedback from uh, season one's really been taken into account in the way at the end there was way more action of season one in terms of like uh-huh. we're actually being Batman. But there's a bunch of really great fight scenes in this one. As usual, you never know. But for a Telltale game running on PlayStation 4, I didn't have I mean, I had occasional like, you know, pause thing, but not a hard crash, not a great. frozen screen, not a, it's a, you know, none of the normal this is the end of this, but testers doing their job. Exactly. 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 So yeah, it's about time. I'm super into it. I enjoy what I <laughs> Hey dude, they get a, they get a bad rap. They work so hard. Oh yeah. We know they work hard. Yeah. yeah Half the just... time they say this is broken. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll fix it later. <laughs> <laughs> we played that. That was great. Um, played something last night. Well, we, we play, I played some Sonic. We talked about that on Monday. Um, Play. I've watched the Hellblade thing, but I talk about that. I played Hellblade and I t- oh, and talked a bit about that. Let me look you know what? Let's do it. We'll do it now, Kevin. If you could make the note. We recorded Jen's review of Hellblade, where Greg <laughs> gives him his, his impressions as well. So I'm going to toss to you, Tim. So, Jen. What? You are now joining us via the, the power of editing. Thank you for being here. <laughs> you have beat Hellblade. I have a lot of free time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, and how much have you played at this, Greg? I would say 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, you played through the intro. We well, The code dropped. We got got the code last week, and it was that night where I wanted to play Night in the Woods, or Night mm-hmm. in the Woods. So I came home and actually didn't own Night in the Woods, so I had to download it. And so I, while it was downloading, I started this up. And so first and foremost, like I didn't know anything about this game. You know what I mean? Did you Same, know? No, yeah. I had no idea. It was one of those games that I know Ninja Theory. Okay, great. I like what they've done. And obviously, you know, I'm a fan of their work. Uh, and then I was like, I, when people were talking about it on kind of funny games daily, the games cast, like, Oh, why is no one talking about this game? I went and watched videos to see what it was all about. And I was like, Oh, it looks like they're normal action game. Heavenly sword, right? Like it's just Noriko or whatever mm-hmm. running through chopping things up. And so to start that game and have you seen anything from it? Yeah. And I'm, my thing is I haven't played it yet. Yeah. I was very interested in it just because I am a fan of they're not the biggest fan of Heavenly Sword. I did like Enslaved. Uh, DMC and Enslaved, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 
I was shocked to see the the camera. Seems a little yeah, close. It is close. For, That's what I took away from the action game. stuff we had seen. So to start the game and you come in and the credits start rolling and they start making a like a big deal. About, well, first off, there's the whole thing of like, oh, they didn't say that. Yes, I guess about the permadeath business. No. But like they one of the first things they do is like, like when they're doing the credits is like mental health supervisor. And I was like, what? Like, why is there a mental health supervisor in this game? And you get going and it's just like, it's a long intro. Oh, yeah. It's a solid like seven minutes. Her intro. on a boat doing this and you going through the titles and you hear like the whispers and like the thing and like there's voices in your head this entire game. And it was very clear too. I, I give them credit of like uh, Ninja Theory has a vision for how this game is to be played in the beginning. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it popped up and it was like it recommended you play it with 3D headphones. Like it, it's like you need this is the best experience you can get out of this game. Which be, and then when it started, I was like, oh, it's gonna be a creepy game. Didn't realize it's gonna be like super super creep creep town. And so you went in. There's bodies on spikes and all those different things. And like yeah, there's the voices in your head and stuff. And for me. In those 15, 20 minutes, it was like we were playing, you were watching, we were both interested in what's happening. I, I got to the first stone or whatever to learn how the puzzle system works. But it was that I ran into this boss, not boss, but three times over fight these dudes. The first right? combat. Sure. The yeah. first the first wave of combat people and the fact that they were the same people. I was like, oh, yeah. that's interesting. Like, I it's not. I felt like from the j jump, it wasn't that hard. And it was like, oh, it's like Dark Souls just keep flanking around their sides. And the fact that the first three fights were the exact same way, I was like, no, this doesn't sound super interesting. And then we got to the first puzzle and then Night in the Woods finished and saw and I was like, bye. Yeah. And then I thought we were done with Hellblade no, until Jean Vier St. Donge. Well, so I was interested in it because like this sounds like a very Tim Gettys game, shorter, more budget title. It looks beautiful. Though. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, it looks shockingly good for. Yeah the kind of niche that it, yeah. it's hitting. Uh, but I, and I think I said this on Games Daily last we talked about it, I was like, I want to wait for the reviews. This is one of those games that if it's getting critically acclaimed, I'm way more interested than, you know, if it would just come out, I don't, I don't really care. to be yeah, the, yeah. the one guy that fucking played it, right? Uh, but the reviews are all amazing. So what is your review? It's really good. And like, again, we talked about it briefly, right? The combat to me is not the core of the sure. game. So I was fine with it being kind of redundant where at the end of the game, you're only going to face maybe five different types of enemies. And then you get boss fights. And then that gets more interesting because then you get more of a strategy to it, but not really. Like the core of the game is really you're living this story with her. Like you're not through her, or, um, her eyes because the narrator is speaking to you. And then sometimes she has like backflashes through old friends that she's met. And then they're talking to her, but you're there as like an entity. You don't know what you 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 are, but you follow the story. And I really liked it. Like at the, at first, I'm like, all right, the combat system kind of sucks. There's no inventory. There's no loot. There's nothing. It's really just the narrative. But to me, the way the the story was delivered, which is in one shot, there's no loading screens. It's just one place to another, and then you go deeper and deeper into the underworld. The underworld. English. Hmm. Um, it's really good in a way that story delivery is awesome. Hmm. Um, How long was your experience with it's it? It's six hours. So I love that. I love that I don't have to, uh, you know, just like grind and grind and grind. You just keep going and the story keeps on. There's, It's very vague at the beginning, but then the more you explore stages, you go into this kind of flesh um, like universe at once with people trying to grab you. It's really cool. Like it's got really amazing shots. Um, and is it scary? Oh, it's so spoopy. <laughs> like, I have when I come to, home, she plays music and it's on mute. She's playing the game, but it's on mute with subtitles on. So dude, she can, if I understand people saying, I, I can see this as being a terrifying experience if you're playing with headphones on because the voices are nonstop mm. and they're contradicting you and contra contradicting themselves and they're yelling and they're crying and it's really scary. Hmm. 
Yeah. And then you were talking about like when I got there last night you, when you were finishing up, you were at one point right where the enemies only came at you. It was in the dark, right? Ugh, let me tell you a story. Lay it on me, babe. There's only a few things in life that terrify me. You coming at me at full speed Naked. is one. Definitely. Um, <laughs> mascots. And then... We've been through this, but yeah. <laughs> the idea of being God. chased in the dark is something like my sister and I, when we were kids, um, we accidentally walked into <laughs> our dad watching It, the oh, movie God. with clowns. And then ever since, we were like just playing games on each other, chasing each other in the dark. But that developed this huge fear within me of being chased by something in the dark. And this game and its psychological view of things is playing on all your fears and weaknesses. Like there is Mascots this- Mascots in the game? No. There it, is it, a, it, reads your, it, it reads your Facebook profile and comes up with things that only terrify you. It could. No, but there's some puzzles that are entirely played out in the dark where you need to run to light spots. Mm. Otherwise, the thing that's lurking in the dark is going to get you. Or there's this whole puzzle where you're trying to avoid things and not make any sound because if they hear you, they're going to eat you. Or like just running through fire. Or like it's really, really scary. How much puzzles are there like a lot the, hmm. i love it i love it because again like i'm a puzzle person go games huh yeah. <laughs> but um it's mostly puzzle based there's a lot That's of interesting walking based around on their pedigree of, yeah. of games but it's great and like i love that combat is isolated to specific areas so you're never running into enemies that are trying to kill you you know exactly when you're like oh i'm walking into this arena so it's very story based yes. for why there's it's, enemies the core of the game itself is a story which is good it's a really good story what, so what I found interesting and actually got me more, uh, and this is before you fell head over heels with it. And we're playing yeah. nonstop. What the first person to say something that got me more on path because like review embargo lifted. Right. And it was, everybody's giving it great reviews. All of our friends are on Twitter talking about how amazing it is. And I saw Dan Riker pop up who was when we installed the game, he was playing it too on my PS and I saw him and he was a guy of just like, Hey, I don't like it as much as other people do. I feel like it's kind of repetitive. And I chimed in. I'm like, I have no, I don't have solid opinions yet, but I'm like, from what the little bit I played, that was my fear. And it was Marty from IGN who popped up and he was like, combat's not this thing. This no. is really, he didn't say it like, he didn't say glorified, but he's what he, the way he made it sound was, this is a glorified walking simulator. This is a walking simulator in an action game's clothes. Like it actually is about getting in there and going through and experiencing the story. And facing, cause the gist of it is she's fair. She's facing her own fears and like going through her own darkness and like with the voices and everything. Like if you do the whole experience with headphones, man, like it's a great way to do storytelling. And it, it's, it's just creepy again th for me a little bit with her in the boat, which is like a hollowed out log, right? Yeah. Like when the voices start up and she starts looking around, there's this one point where the voice, the narrator who's talking to you, but you don't know it at the t that moment or whatever. I mean, you put it together real quick. When, and then she like the she's what, Sasuna. Is that how I say it? Senua. Senua. I am Setsuna is fucking me up. <laughs> this morning I got up. I'm like, are you gonna platinum? I am Setsuna. She's like, yeah. And then we both did the thing of like, no, wait, no, yeah, I don't have to write no. But uh, like she's she's looking around and like the narrator, and then she like makes what your eye contact would be as you look at the mm -hmm. screen. She like stops and like walks into the screen to look at and you like all pissed off. Yeah. And then it was. Uh, she's got this head in a bag on her uh, waistband. And like when the voices start kicking up and she, you're sliding down the river the first time, she, she hears breathing. She looks down the bags going out and coming in, like the head's breathing on its own. And it was like, is this because of the area I'm in or is it that there's something going on in my it's head? All it's all in like, her head. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not all in her head, but like she's carrying this head essentially because she wants to go and save Dillian's soul, which she, uh, um, Dillian is her lover. And he's been taken away by a lot, a, a bunch of, 
Northmen through a raid. This game is super Norse, which I didn't know anything about. Like we walked in there without knowing what it was about, but it's got so much like Norse mythology. It's really interesting. Um, but yeah, back to the when she speaks to you, there's also this scene where she she has this vis the, this vision of Dillion and you're Dillion, like you're mm. speaking with her and you have this interaction with her that makes her so much more than a video game character. Like you're actually reading emotion on her well, face. I feel like that's where a lot of the screenshots I've been seeing of yeah. like the super detailed faces where I'm like, what the yeah. hell? How does this look that good? Yeah. And holy shit, this uh, like the 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 actress, I guess the, that that Senua is yeah. like she's amazing, and I think she's the video editor at Ninja Theory. Like she's oh, not, cool. yeah. I read something like that. I'm not sure. We should double check, but she's amazing. Tim, can I talk to my client off mic yes, for can. a second? Thank you very much. No, it's not. They say it at the beginning, pretty much. Okay, just making sure. I didn't realize in the the b brief part I had seen. I didn't know it was gonna happen. Well, if you had stuck around for five more minutes. Oh, really? There yeah. you go. They mix live action in with it. Oh yeah. Where there's like live action what? video of people talking and doing like stuff. Twisted metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like I had seen it like later in her game where it popped up. And I was like, what is this? And it was it's all interest. It's all used very artistically and interesting. And I don't want to talk yeah. about any stuff I saw because I saw late game stuff. So I was bringing this up in the beginning of the conversation that the camera seemed interesting to me. But based on this, it sounds like the combat isn't that big of a deal. But did the camera get in your way or did it enhance the narrative? Uh, combat wise. Or like in, in, in general. terms of your experience with the game, it made combat sometimes really annoying because like you get stuck in this one direction and sometimes enemies will spawn behind you and you're like, fuck, and mm. then you can't do anything. Um, but it does help immerse you in the story. Yeah. I, I didn't. I liked it. I really did. All right. Well, pro tip. I'm pretty sold on it now. Pro tip for you, even yeah. though I know you don't care, so you won't do it. But pro tip for anybody else out oh there. Oh my god! The platinum's super <gasps> easy. You have ninety percent of the trophies minus one, and the, all the, that ninety percent pop just by you playing normally. But the last one is to get all of the what do they call them? lore stones. Lore stones. And there's forty four of them, which aren't bad. But if you miss them, it's totally convoluted to go back and try to get them. There's so no chapter select. And once you finish it, you can't just go back in the universe. You need to start the whole game again, and you lose like all your powers. Like not that many, but. Um, so yeah, and then if but you, you keep your progress right, if you had forty three stones, yeah. you'd only have one to find. But, but if you've missed one in the beginning, and then you're only missing like it's a wheel, right? And if you're missing some later down the road, because it's it's following the chapters, um, it might not be the ones that that's actually that would be showcased in the tutorial online. Because if you miss one, it's going to skip it and then show another one. And then it messes up your whole mm. progress. So there's no way to be like, I've missed number 13 out of whatever. No. By the time you get to that number 13, it might not be. You need 13. to do them like even the ones you already unlocked. You need to just hit them again and again and again. So mm. just to make sure you're not missing ones from the early beginning. Are you planning on going back and playing? I did that this morning. And then I realized that the M that was an S that, was, that I was missing was one from the early, early stages that I mm. just passed. And I'm like, fuck. I'm so wait, four. so but it doesn't it sync unlocked. up or not sync up? Did I fingers crossed. Okay. We'll see. Now I have to go through like three other chapters to figure out if it if it's synced. But I'm still gonna unlock everything. Whatever. Okay. I'm gonna tap everything again. Well, Jen, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. All right, back to you, Tim. And now we're back. Thanks, Tim. And also thank you, Tom Bach, Patreon producer, for this episode. You make the wheels turn. 
on this big, beautiful bus. Wow, yeah, all right, all right, yeah. Now, I, I didn't know where you are going. Yeah. You jumped off the trapeze, but you grabbed the bar. You did great. I didn't need you at all on that mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. So what's exciting, of course, is that you know we're so busy running around playing all these games we can't talk about. We go to Vegas tomorrow. We're all very excited for this trip. So exciting. I'm a lot. I'm very excited, of course, to be back on a Virgin America plane, my natural habitat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to get to play some Switch. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to play new things on Switch. I need to figure out what it is. I need to do it. I went to. Tur- do you know what you're playing on Switch? I. Oh, you want to play I Sonic? I wish you it was Sonic, code. but I only have it on PS4 right now. What if which I, I'm grateful for? But what if I told you I could? I could uh, soften the blow. I don't have oh, Sonic. Don't look at that. I don't have, I don't <laughs> have Sonic. Sonic. I, I can soften the blow. You want the blow softened? something i brought gifts as well what? for a change this is a presence episode now tim yeah it feels like many a moon ago uh-huh because it was we did a thing about man switch cases those sure suck oh yeah and we couldn't find any good ones and of course we talked about waterfield oh, way sfbags.com yes. sfbags on twitter and how mm-hmm. they make that city slicker one they finally had some to send us Oh, so they've sent a at SF bags on the thing. They sent them up. If you remember my old Vita case, mm-hmm. it's it's that, but it's bigger. So we got these different ones here. We got the fancy ones. You got the one here, the Whoa. red one. You get to pick what you want. I'm gonna let you pick. I, are right? these the only two? Yeah, they sent okay. these two. Okay. So the city slicker ones. You got that one from Waterfield. You throw it up. It's got the nice, got the nice chamois in there. It's got the nice cloth things in there. You put so all your nice, cards no right there. Scre- no screens. I know. I know. I'm all about it. There, yeah. You got on the oh. back. You put whatever you want in there. Put your headphones. Put your charger. <laughs> Fantastic. Put your weed in it. Yeah, put your weed in there. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that on the plane. Then this, <laughs> this is the more like low key one. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm going out, but still built for the switch. Got all your things. I in like this one. It's got that kind of like rough man's shaving kit look. Sure. Yeah. Then yep. we are all rough men with our Nintendo handheld. It'd be especially nice for beard trimming stuff. But I guess Kevin's not going to need that. Show the people. Show the people what you did show, show them what you did kevin there he is look at that clean you know, shiny face that guy's in there too huh oh yeah, yeah i want to yeah. put my switch yeah. in that uh so yeah they finally had more in stock they sent them over here if you're watching live they have one more day where you can pre-order or you can order one of these and you get the namco museum nice. in there for free too what free oh really yeah. yeah that's super random yeah, yeah. i want to say i i've been waiting for them to come back in stock yeah because i want the blue one i'm gonna buy the blue one okay, okay. i want that shit. all right so for this trip you don't want either no you can have them both right. of them. I only have one switch. Yeah, Andy has a switch. Kevin <laughs> oh, cool. Switch. I'm, I'm gonna get that, but I want it in blue. All right, then I'll take the red one. Don't want it. Matches your hair. Thing. Is it yeah. your favorite color? Blue is very much my favorite color. All right. Yeah, I love nope. your hair, by Noted. the way. Oh, I want. Now that we're talking about it, I've never seen the black as yeah. like an accent color. That's right. That's like a cool. It's because I'm a witch. Oh my god. <laughs> Things got really real. Uh, what else are you playing, Greg? That's the big stuff that I can talk about. I guess. God I've... damn! Look at that thing. Oh, yeah, well, my, my so neon switch intense. thing? Atomic. Yeah, that's it right. What about it? It's really like Danglo. Yeah, right. I, I thought I'd hate them. I really did when they debuted them. And then when I got them, I was like, hey, you it, know what? Those it look reminds cool. me of Billabong bathing suits from like 1980. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. That's I'll what, take that's it. That's what it's Well, the problem me. is that, you know, Tim loves blue so much and our kind of funny logo is blue. Is, yeah. is blue. He got the blue Joy-Cons and I just feel of like course. I can't copy them. No, I just you can't do it. It is beautiful. I just feel like I can't copy it. I can't do it. So I got to be different this way. Um, I'm embargoed on any impressions, but I put it out there that I got my city skylines code okay. for a ps4 Fantastic. i was playing i was playing that last night can't think about it uh i played more marvel heroes omega because i'm addicted and can't stop mm. starting to look you know who do i do next i bought the i bought the back in black spider-man costume because i love being spider gwen but after a while i hear the ashley johnson quips enough i'm like it's time to get some new ones did that. Didn't know ashley johnson was oh she's spider gwen there yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool yeah very cool <laughs> yeah uh that's the big stuff that I can talk about. Yeah. I'm I'm, ha- I'm hand strung this week. Next week I'll be a deluge of Whole information of for stuff. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the one game that's kind of like your Marvel Heroes that I've just been playing all the time. 
Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. You're still it's playing, dude. Me and Andy, it's been like every day after work. It's like it's yo, a very yo, cool playing? game. It is such a cool game, and I just it's so addicting. I love so much that every match feels fresh, and yeah. every single time, like I I like it because I know that I'm not good at these type of games. <laughs> But, I, but it doesn't matter because it's drama every time, exactly. right? Like and someone's going to like, like I get farther than I should every single time. And that's satisfying. You're scheming. Yeah. I'm scheming. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is a, this is a Tim Gettys game in a lot of ways, but no, it's fun partnering up with Andy because we end up getting way farther than we think we will. And every time in every match, there reaches that point where it goes from zero to 60. Yeah. And I haven't Split experienced second. that in a game in a long time. It's yeah. really crazy. Cool. Are you playing too? Uh, well, I, no, actually, I was um, I was watching a friend stream it recently, and they got everybody. Uh, I think they a guy came in and shot them all, so they were yep. all down. <laughs> but they were in a stairwell, so the guy couldn't escape. Oh. So they had their other friend come all the way across the map and shoot that guy, and then his friend came in and murdered them all. Jesus! <laughs> so and it was it was a very funny moment. Yeah. Um, but I think in general, I actually interviewed uh, Player Unknown at E3 on Jeff Keighley's show, and he was super cool. And basically, as an indie, he said, "I'm just I wanted to make the game that I wanted to play. It wasn't it wasn't a game about recovering from mistakes or like yeah. you know, <laughs> connecting with strangers online. It's for when you have scribbles in your tummy yeah, and you want to shoot them exactly, in the head. Exactly. Exactly. Drag He's your like, emotions into the street and mob <laughs> rules." Beat them so to death. Funny. He's like, so I'm definitely not you. And I was like, that's cool. That's cool. But, no, um, but he was he's, he's a great game designer. He that game is very well designed. It is, and I love I love the jank. I love yeah. I, I, everything about it. Is just so much fun, and I love that there's just so many stories. Like um, I forget if I told this story. Uh, I didn't on Gamescast. I might have on another show. So I apologize if you're hearing this again. Uh, but I had a bunch of my friends come over. And all of them are different levels of gamer. Some of them, like my friend Curran, who is like, used to be all MLG CS uh, on the PC. So he's really good at first person shooters and third person shooters on PC. Uh, then my other friend Vincent, who plays Battlegrounds. He's the one who was like, hey Tim, we should play this. Like, yeah. let's do it. And uh, then my friend Danny, who does not play games at all. Mm -hmm. And then there's me, who I just, I'm not good. Uh, but I was like, I was like, we got PCs here. We can all play together. Like we're lucky that we have the studio where it's like, this is kind of like it. old school land party yeah, type exactly. shit. And I'm like, let's do it. So uh, we all, they all came over and we were playing and we're just following Vincent's lead. And he's telling us, oh, let's do, do all this. He gets in the car. We all get in the car. And as we're going, my friend Danny, who doesn't play, has a sickle. And he's just like, ah, you guys all have guns. I only have this sickle. And he's just like, yeah, like, wait, what do I, how do I use it, though? It's like, oh, no, just, just no, blah, no. Blah, blah. And then Vincent was in one room. The rest of us were in the other, which is a bad idea when we're following yes. his lead. Yes. We're just driving. And all of a sudden, I just noticed that we're driving in a really weird direction. And we're just like, what the hell? Like, where are you going, Vince? And <laughs> we just hear Vince from the other room go, guys, you guys, get me, get me. And we look at the map. Vin, or Danny had sickled Vince, which <laughs> knocked him out. So he was like bleeding out in this field. The car was on a hill. <laughs> so we're three of us in a car, just aimlessly going just down. Wandering. And then we had to go back and get him. And it was just like one of those moments where like, we aren't even engaging with enemies. And there's <laughs> just a story being told. There's something happening. Yeah. And it was just so much fun. That's why that game, the game, today on- That uh, is why the game rocks. On Kind of Funny Games Daily, somebody wrote in today and ha who hasn't played it and was like, I don't get it. Why is this game oh, taking yeah. off like it's this? The meta narrative, totally. Totally. Yeah. People, I don't understand. Like, if you jump in there, you have it's 
it's the same thing with like me with Friday the 13th where it's like you play that game and sure getting away from Jason's the, the story but like the interaction you have with this one guy who does this or leaving them in the boat or when we did yeah. play player on ground and I was we, we followed Andy and I was like all right cool and then we died I'm like fuck you Andy I'm doing it by myself from here on out <laughs> and like a little thing of like how I'm going but I can see you guys on the horizon it's weird stuff like that yeah you it's, know, it's, good. it's so much fun and then the other game that I got to play that the embargo is up so I could actually talk about is Metroid. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, I got to play the Let's Play that is now up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. That was 10 minutes of it. And I highly recommend you watch it uh, if you're a Metroid fan because this game is a lot different than I expected it to be. Really? You a big Metroid fan? I am actually, yeah. So I have beaten every Metroid game with the exception of two. Okay. And this being a remake of two, I'm really excited to, to get my hands on it now, but I wasn't when this game was first announced. At E3, uh, Metroid Prime 4, I lose my mind. Super excited about that. And then after the direct, they're like, oh yeah, also we're making an, a new 2D Metroid game on the 3DS. And I was like, awesome. I guess. That's great. <laughs> Don't really want to play my 3DS. Yeah. Metroid 2. Didn't beat it for a reason. Like, I'm sure they're going to update it and it'll be great. But I was like, ah, like, I don't necessarily need to play this game. And then playing it now, I'm like, oh, I'm having way too much damn fun. And you can see it in the Let's Play. Like, there's just moments where I'm like, oh, they got me. Like, <laughs> this is a quality game. And I feel like they made so many wise decisions uh, where they, they included this melee counter option. Oh. So they like changed. Swipe up, right? So the thing is, Metroid 2 originally came out on the Game Boy which it's meant so that the screen was very small and Samus's sprite was very big. And when you're modernizing a game for that like that with a widescreen, that's gonna, there we Happen go. Again. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about when the wall works. <laughs> um, it changes how the level design plays and where the enemy locations go, where it's like, it would totally break the game. Yeah. Um, something that interests me is the, the original game was only like four hours long. So I wonder if there there's gonna be a lot of padding in this. Mm -hmm. uh, when they remade the first Metroid on uh, the Game Boy Advance and Zero Mission, they added a bunch of stuff with that. So. I, I imagine that they're going to here as well. I would think so. But I think that they did a really good job, even so far of what I've played, of changing up the enemy placements and changing the enemy's attack patterns uh, to make this counter be a very integral part of the gameplay. And every time that I would counter at the right time when they'd come at me and then I'd yeah. blast them, it felt so satisfying. Yeah. And I was like, this is what Metroid is about. Like, yes, of course, there's the adventuring and the exploration sure, sure. and the, the the sense of just being alone on this, this new area. Yeah. Um, but the fun of just feeling like a badass. You know, I'm a badass <laughs> bounty yeah. hunter. Like, yeah, badass this game, it hunter. makes me feel in a way that I think other M to its credit, attempted to do. Like, that was the one good thing about Other M. Um, but everything else about that was a disaster. <laughs> um, I always feel bad when a game Metroid. is a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Talk to me. Uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm really excited for it. And I was playing with the 3D slider on, which I haven't done since Mario 3D Land on the 3DS. And, and I was very impressed by the look of the game. Uh, a big thing that I, I keep harping on about this game is I don't like the way 3DS games look. Like so explain that. Why? So there's something about it where just the the resolution of the screen, especially when you're playing on a an Excel, okay, which I feel yeah. like is the only way to actually do it. Everything's a little. It always it seems little, blurry. A little blurry. A little even grainy, even yeah. if the the slider is off, it always looks like smudged a bit. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of how N64 games looked compared to PlayStation games. Right. Okay. You know, sure. Where it's like 
comparing the Vita to the 3DS, I un- I understand that there there's a lot of there's hardware, no comparison. Well, yeah, hardware no comparison difference at all. Yeah, uh, but it's like it's it's the 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 smudge is yeah. that always bothers me. But even more than that, it's the insistence on a poly- polygonal art style, where it's like. I, I'm a sucker, and I know we've discussed this a million times with it, Sprite. Like, mm-hmm. hand-drawn Sprites take a lot of time. They do. Maybe not worth doing, probably. And that's why yeah. they, they do this. Is this, this more Metroid? Yeah, it is. They have they have that appeal, though, right? Mm-hmm. They just do. Yeah. And there's, there's something <laughs> special about it. But it's yeah. like, with this, I can tell that it's easier to do, and that's just the way it has to be. Um, but I just, I'm like, I don't really like it. But with the 3D on, I was like, I can't even hate on this. This actually looks really good. Um, a problem that I did have that I didn't talk about at all in the Let's Play is I was fumbling with the controls a lot hmm. because of how it looks. It reminds me too much of Smash Brothers, and I can't turn my brain <laughs> off. To... You've got your Smash Brothers control schemes exactly. In your head. Yeah, so it's okay. like, especially now that there's like melee attacks that she didn't have before, uh, the countering system and the the way I keep trying to use the shoulder buttons to like dodge. You know, yeah, and that wouldn't work. Uh, and just the way you jump and shoot, I kept hitting the wrong buttons. And I'm sure that if I were to sit with the game, that I would be able to like turn that off. But I'm not sure I fully could. Uh, and I think that's attributed to the look of the game and how similar it looks to Smash Bros. 3DS. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I went from oh, I'm happy this game's happening to oh, I can't wait to play this game. So nice. That's cool. Very excited for that. Um, what have you been playing? I actually just finished Edith Finch. Oh, yeah. very nice. Sounds yeah. like a very you game. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm friends with the developers and I had been watching it come along, uh, throughout its career as a game. And it's just always nice to see something that, that a bunch of people that you care about worked on really hard. Yeah. And, uh, and I really found it to be, it was just very beautiful. Like it's a really immersive and beautiful world. Um, and I, I really enjoyed playing through it. Um, at the end, I felt a little bit like, oh, I wish I could have, I don't know. I wish I could have, you know, done something. You know, I don't want to change the outcome. I just don't want to, yeah, I don't want to spoil it. So I had a little bit of a, like a forlorn feeling at the end, but in the same way that I did when I finished Firewatch, like, oh, Mm. you know, I'm a hopeless romantic, I guess. Um, But I really enjoyed it. Um, And then I'm always playing uh, Lost Cities with Tim Schafer on my iPhone, always. And we are in a dead tie right now. I don't know what Lost Cities is. Oh my God, you don't know Lost Cities? No. What? What? Okay, it's it's basically gin. So you're playing cards and you want to get to a certain number of cards in your hand. There are five colors and there are only 10 cards of each color and you're both trying to put down the right number of cards. So if I invest in red and you invest in red, well then we're going toe to toe. Gotcha. And so you get the cards, you get a spread of cards and then you can decide where to put them down, but you're also watching your opponent to see where they put their cards down. Just trying to make sure that you don't let them get the 20 points before you do. And Tim, bless his heart, has the best fucking end game strategies. He's always beating me in the last <laughs> last four cards. It's just like, oh, kills me every time. So this last couple of games we played, I have totally crushed him. Yeah. And we're back at we're at 10 and 10. So oh, we played man. 20 games and we're tied to 10 and 10. And so actually I made a move right before I came over. So nice. I'm really hoping. I'm not gonna say what I'm playing because I don't want him to be watching this and get a <laughs> and get any hints. That would be awesome. But uh he saw my tweet, he went to Patreon no, subscribe just, just, like, in, just case in case this came I up. came it came up then I I made a move in last Now cities. here's here's the let's scheme real quick, all yeah. right? Can you 
where, how could we throw a red herring at him? Because <laughs> yes. our audience will tweet at him whatever we ask him to do. So if you, some false if info. we have him tweet at Tim of Legend, be like, oh man, Robin's about to get Just going blue. Definitely, yeah. definitely throw down those high white cards. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There it is. Just randomly tweet that at him. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be like, like what? what? The fuck? <laughs> But yeah, I, actually, it's one of the highlights of my morning is I get up in the morning and I'm like, you know, drinking my coffee and then I open it up and I'm like, ooh, Tim's made a move. And then there's a little, um, you can make um, a little face. There's like the only way you communicate with the person you're playing is you put a little face and their little emoji. And so sometimes he makes that like angry one or I do the really funny one. And it's nice to just, we have this little joke going back and forth. But uh, but yeah, I've really, I've never been a game ahead of Tim Schaefer in this game. Mm. And it's really, it's, I'm a competitive You'll person. <laughs> I believe in you. It's kind of eating You'll me overthrow. alive inside. <laughs> Question for you. Yeah. Back to Giant Sparrow. Yeah, you, yeah. Finch. Uh, you like that game. That's great. You know them. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you play somebody's game that you don't like? Like you know them, you love them, and then you play the game like, oof, this didn't come together. Oh, I'm trying to think of the last time. That, yeah, I'm trying maybe to you think just of keep such time. good company. I know. I'm trying to think of last time that happened. Um, well, actually, you know, I liked Firewatch, but I didn't really like the way that the character moved in the game. It made me kind of sick. Gotcha. Like, like I, I tried to play it on my laptop, and it over Steam, and then I tried to play it via Steam Connect on the television and just didn't work, whatever. So then I just downloaded it yeah, yeah. on PlayStation. It was fine. Um, uh, generally, if someone's making a game and I don't like it and I've tested it, they know because okay. I'm I'm usually pretty brutal. When, when That's what you guys want. Yeah, right? when That's someone comes wants. to me and is like, will you play this? Um, I'll say, like, this isn't going to scale or I'm already bored or like, why am I doing this or why should I care? And I, I will just say that because, I mean, if I if I didn't say that, that would be really dishonest. Um, and, uh, and then if a game is really good and I really like it, uh, I usually try not to play it for a long time. Mm. So like the witness, uh, John and I had a long conversation. Oh man, it was like four years ago or whatever when he first started working on it um, about the difficulty ramp in the game. And he put a really difficult puzzle, like maybe three or four puzzles in. And I was just like, why are you giving the player the middle finger like right at the beginning of the game? And he was like, the game is going to be hard. If you don't want to think your way through it, then screw you. Don't buy my game. And I was like, well, you're a millionaire, so you can say that. You know? <laughs> like, that's fine. But I mean, I'm really like a love the player, like lead them in. And then, and then if you really want to make them think hard, give them an opportunity to feel like that they really want to struggle through ramp it. Up you know, ramp it. them yeah, up, yeah. you know, like ease into it. You know, um, I'm not just like, you know, come on in. Bam. You know, like this Fuck is you. really Thanks fucking for the money. hard. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the money. And like in Luna, I actually did design some puzzles that like ways of solving the puzzles that were really, really difficult and actually like computationally, they're like NP hard. You could, you could easily get into a place where you can't solve the puzzle and have to reset it a bunch of times to solve it. Um, and I just took those out because I just thought, you know, this isn't the audience that I'm going for. Yeah. Um, so we disagreed about the difficulty curve and I don't think he changed it. And, but then I didn't play the game for a long time. And then when I went back and played it, I played it for a little while and I got to a point where I was like, okay. This is really hard. He's giving me the middle finger. He's giving me the middle finger. I have a game to ship. I am going to put this game down. And then in a year, when I have time, I'm going to binge play it. And I'm going to keep a notebook. And I'm going to do the whole things. And I'm going to beat it. And I'm going to get all the endings and yeah, do yeah, all yeah. the things. But I just didn't have the bandwidth, you know? And yeah. like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I don't think that John cares if I finish his game. Sure. But, uh. You know, I did pay like what sixty bucks for it, <laughs> so I'm gonna finish it. You're goddamn right, you're yeah. your money's worth I'm out not, of this thing. I'm not wasting that money, but yeah, I, I'm I'm usually pretty honest with people because otherwise, you know, what's the point? Yeah, I mean, whatever. And no, I mean, I don't like a lot of games. A lot of games come out and I play them, and I'm like, 
You know, that's the thing with with uh, Battlegrounds. Oh. Yeah, you know, with Player Unknown, like that game has a cool series of mechanics that make it interesting to shoot people. Like most games where you shoot people are not that interesting to me as a game designer because I've played them. I, you, you know, people. I used to do Halo LAN parties when you have to like put all the Xboxes together in one room. You know, I yeah. love that shit. But um, after a while, it's like as a game designer, I'm always looking for the new thing. So I get inspired by sculpture or reading a book or going to a film or like Sleep No More and stuff like that. That's what gives me new ideas. And playing like a kind of standard, you know, franchise extension or doing this or doing that, it's not going to give me a lot of new ideas. Mm. However, there is something that just came up recently. It was also it was with Dave Lang. Dave Lang was the guy I was watching uh, stream uh, Pub PUBG. So sorry, I had to hang out with Dave. Lang. Sorry. <laughs> I know, I, you know he, he's a funny man. Um, we, we were talking about it, and uh, one of the things that's true is that the games, like as they get into later and later into franchise extensions, they get better and better at what they do, right? Mm. So in some cases, a game is like it's like fifth or eighth or tenth, you know, release, but it gets so good at like being Hitman or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and I think that that's actually something that is kind of unsung in the industry, you know, from, in, you know, at the level of game designers. There's something really great about working on something that's got such a legacy and being able to, like you say, basically like go back to Metroid 2 and go, hmm. What we do now. What, what do we really do to make this an enjoyable experience for everybody and to kind of, you know, smooth over some of those bumps. That's actually often very hard because you have to respect all the boundaries in that game and all the spaces and like to do it and to really succeed. The the designers that worked on that worked really hard to make your experience better. So I think that's actually, in some ways, it's it's just as hard as coming up with a new game. Well, there you go. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, after a false start, now it actually is time right. for this week in gaming history. Two years ago. Yeah. This one's for you, Greg. Thank you. I mean, August the, the, when it, if we're in like the, I feel like if we're eight years to pre two years, it's going to be something good. Mm -hmm. Something for Greg. And then we mm -hmm. get way into Nintendo shit. I don't understand. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Two years ago on August 6th, 2015, Gal Gun Double Piece came out on <laughs> Thank the PlayStation you. 4 right, and that's, PlayStation Vita. That's definitely the you one. you familiar with this game? Yes. It is a disaster of a game. <laughs> disaster of a game? <laughs> I, I would say so. You're shooting. I had to sit next to you on a plane you. while you played it. So yeah. yeah, I would call it a disaster. And it can't be two years Were ago. Were you in pain? No, no, I was in ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> Seven years ago, on August 10th, 2010, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World came out on PlayStation 3. You guys have any memories of that guy? Oh, man, Scott Pilgrim. Well, I mean, like, I read all the comics. Well, the games, did you play the game No, I didn't play the game. I just, I remember reading the comics. Did yeah, you? we, oh, yeah, that was another one that everybody that IGN loved. Yeah. So UB would bring it over all the time to do like let's plays or whatever. And we'd all play it and it was great. And then it was like, wait, there's no online play. Cause that's what, like you talk about like a moment in time yeah. that was still part of the time where we're like, we love these kind of games. Let's play them. Oh, I can't play online. Like, well, who's going to go hang out at each other's house. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that wasn't yeah. a thing. Whereas now, like now it's like Mario Kart's back and there's all yeah. these different reasons yeah. to get together. And we, we've had long enough where we missed that part yeah. of our child that are gaming. Yeah. yeah. And so that was one of those. Yeah, it was great. And it was awesome. And we played it a lot in the office. And then when it finally came out, not many people went home and played it with each other. Yeah. No, I looked forward to it so much. Loved the comics, loved the movie. So for the game, I'm like, Oh, of course this is, I'm all about this. And I yeah. feel like from a presentation standpoint, they did such a good job. They introduced me to Anna Monaguchi, the people that did mm. the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love them now. Yeah, they're great. Uh, so that was great. And just the look of the game and I, the way they decided to have the boss fights and all that stuff was so great. But at the end of the day, when I was actually playing it, I, I think I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago, those type of games just don't hold up. Like the mm. the kind of side scroller beat em ups. It's just like there's not much there. What about Beautiful Joe? Have you gone back and played well, that one? Well, that's different you know? though. Because that one was a badass game. It that totally, but that there's 
a lot more game to that than yeah, these where it's just kind fair. of just go and it's punch, punch, or throw. Yeah. And that's kind of it. And you're just facing waves and waves of the same enemies. Beautiful Joe is a bit more of a... Beautiful Joe had some great mechanics. There was a lot of yeah. good progression oh, yeah. there, yeah. too. Yeah. And fa- talk about fantastic animation. It had super, super, so beautiful. super, super yeah. beautiful animation. What a beautiful game. Really well done. I wonder if we'll ever get another one. Probably oh, man, not, I really... That I would be so great. Never disqualify it. Yeah, I feel like that, that is one great. that there's enough people to talk about that to make it actually happen in some film or fashion. Oh, and if we're going to do that, then I want an incredible crisis three <laughs> i want disaster report of course you and steve two. <laughs> and what else uh mr mosquito too oh yeah let's, mr. let's mosquito. go there yeah, let's sure. go there, oh, all right. let's go there. Yeah. and you can you can throw in mad maestro too if you really want to go there i mean like wow. that's like just you know now what i'd like to point out what you got i'm not saying you're wrong necessarily even though you clearly are is that i unlocked the feeling the Doki Doki trophy and Gal Gun double piece <laughs> on July 26, 2016. So uh, you said two years ago. Maybe the Japanese release of this could have been two Japanese. years ago. Just throwing it out there. The, the site that you, have I a, use, you have a keen sense of time passing. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I always can track my trophies thanks well, to you, the, PlayStation Vita. The site that I use usually does denote if it's okay. from Japan, and it didn't for this, but. Could be. Could be. Definitely could be. But the thing about Scott Pilgrim is I was just kind of hating on it for a second. But the boss fights I did really enjoy. And I thought that they kind of, and, and again, even Ninja Turtles and Simpsons and all that did a great job with the with boss fights as well. But I feel like for a game coming out in 2010, it did a great job. But it was really damn hard. It was brutally hard. And I I felt like I needed multiple people to play with me because yeah. doing it a single player, I never beat it. Um, and then here's some fun facts for you. Oh, on December facts, 30th. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a not fun fact. Oh, not actually. fun fact. Uh-oh. Uh, December 30th, 2014, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the game, and its DLC were delisted oh. from the Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network, possibly due to license expiring. They don't really know more, why. More, more. Uh, however, the game is technically still available should one find a download code due to their inability to expire. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's, that's interesting. great. And then on August 10th, 2016, so last year, six years ago after the game's initial launch, Scott Pilgrim creator Brian Lee O'Malley created a post on Twitter stating that his number one goal in life is to get Scott Pilgrim versus the world the game re-released. That's so, cool. There is a hope. I feel like he can make that happen. Yeah. Or just remake it with somebody else. He's a super nice again. guy. I sat at a table with him at a wedding, and he was really, really cool. When was the whole the time? It was a while back. He's dating one of my really good friends, best friends. And cool. it's like a whole weird situation. Cool. Yeah. I think he, he was there with the a same table. fellow comics creator, and she mm-hmm. had on amazing gold shoes. I'm a shoe person, and I remember Whose wedding was it? It was Kelly Santiago's wedding. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh. Your shoes are amazing. It's I'll like, never forget this. I could, he's like, I, I made Scott like, Pilgrim. I don't yeah. care about Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Where did you get yeah, yeah, yeah. shoes? They were, if, they were beautiful. If you're not, you should read Snot Girl. <laughs> we should make Snot Girl a required reading. Snot Girl's really mm. good. We'll do that. We'll do that. Uh, nine years ago, on August 7, 2008, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon oh, came out that's a great on game. the Nintendo DS. It is a great game, but... I had some issues with it. Oh, why? So, so here was my thing. It was uh, my I first handheld Fire Emblem game that I played. This was, if you don't know, a remake of the first yeah. Fire Emblem game on the NES. And my first Fire Emblem experience was Super Smash Brothers Melee when I was introduced to Marth and Roy. Mm-hmm. And I loved how they played. So I was like, I need to play these games. There was, in America, the only one that was released was on Game, game Boy Advance. And I, I just didn't get into it. But then when uh, Path of Radiance came out on GameCube, 
I was all about that. And to this day, my favorite Fire Emblem game. Uh, so then when this one came out, I felt like it was a step back mm. being a remake of the first one. Yeah, and it's on its, you know. Yeah. You know. See, so I, the, I hadn't had that experience, and mm. I was like, this is so juicy. Yeah. I loved it. And the idea of playing a Fire Emblem game with the touchscreen seemed so amazing. Yeah. And I feel like they didn't actually master that until the 3DS games. So it's I, like that, that, Shadow Dragon to yeah. me is a little bit iffy. But it is Mart's story, if you, if you ever wonder. It's wondered. probably not unlikely that they weren't actually developing it for pen gameplay, and the last minute we're told, we got to figure, we this, figure out. this out. We got to figure this out, you know? Just, 11 you know. years ago, mm -hmm. 11 years ago on August 8th, 2006, Dead Rising hey! came wow. out on the Xbox 360. I never played it. You're an idiot. Yeah. How I've, much never, you I've like actually that? never played it either. You're an idiot too. You're no, all idiots. No, no. no. I'm you're, sensitive. you're all very smart people. You're all I'm very sensitive smart. artist. It, gets, <laughs> it would give me nightmares. No, that was one of the first games I, that was among the first games I ever got uh, as a, a games industry person. When I was still at the Columbia Daily Tribune, I tricked him into giving me that column and blog. <laughs> I then immediately hit up everybody and Capcom was really, oh sure, okay. Yeah. And they sent it to me and I was such a zombie <laughs> fan and I popped it in and yeah, I'll that was in the, it's one of those things of like, I don't care about achievements, right? I'm obsessed with trophies now. Yeah. But back then I was like, oh, these are cool little things or whatever. And there was a good week where, yep, came home from work every night, took off the shirt and tie, sat down and just drove that loop in the basement <laughs> of the mall, killing zombies to get the zombie <laughs> genocide uh, achievement that I just had. And then I had it and I was like, all right, that's cool. And that's what started the monster and I was just we like, have today. Well, that was the thing. I was, it was just like, oh, I have it. Cool. And then there was other, like I didn't get a thousand points in that game. There was other trophies in there. I was just like, I'm not going to do that. But for some or achievements, that achievement, though, I was like, I'm going to get that achievement. All that right. sounds great. But I remember, too, because I was playing on a tube TV. Of course, I didn't have a, I didn't have a <laughs> HD right. TV or anything. And like the captions were so small. <laughs> like there was no way to like leaning in, trying to read what the fuck's happening. If I couldn't hear what they were saying. Great game, the fun game. It's cool. And then finally, this one's very topical. 31 years ago, on August 6, 1986. Metroid came out. Wow. Right oh, wow. In Japan. Well done. Well done. 31 years. It's older than me. Way older than me. <laughs> it's, it's older. Than you can just leave it at that. You don't know, way older. <laughs> way older. Robin, yes. thank you for joining. This has been a, a very interesting episode. I'm sorry that uh, it was kind of all out of you order know, and weird. I hope that you can, you can figure it out. But you were an amazing guest. Thank you. I really, I love being on shows. Yeah. It turns out. Good. We do yeah. a lot of them. So yeah. Well, if you, ever, if you ever want to have me back. Absolutely. Maybe next time I'll wear a funny hat. Yeah. A funny hat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll shave. Yeah, <laughs> well. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this episode. Let us know in the comments below if you're excited for Metroid Samus Returns. And until next time, I love you. See ya. Bye. Guess what, guys? From Monday, August 14th till Sunday, August the 20th, you can get up to 40% off stuff at kindoffunny.com slash store. Am I excited? You bet your ass I am. Are you excited? You should be. Decided to throw money at us, 40% off type money, whatever money will do. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Go check it out. It's the normal store stuff, but there's some new stuff. There's some old stuff. It's going to be a great time for everybody. It might be your last chance to get some of the things. So act now. And then click here to subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Click there to subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunny. Click here to support us on Patreon. And guess what's in there? Nothing. Oh, shit. There was something. <laughs>